Welcome in. Welcome into Monday. This is going to be a, a crazy radio show today. Not because we're crazy. Well, we're halfway crazy, but uh, first time to ever do a radio show during a uh, Oklahoma Sooners softball game. They're only the number one team in the country. They're only 58 and one. They've only won 50 games in a row, and they only need one more victory to reach the championship series. And currently, they are playing in the semifinals over at Hall of Fame Stadium against Stanford. And we are in a 2-2 ball game. Nicole May just uh, set down the side in the top of the third inning. And uh, now it is uh, Oklahoma coming to bat in the bottom of the third inning. The Sooners and Stanford are tied at two apiece. Steely, this is the closest we're ever going to get to screaming into the void. Yes. If you've tuned in today and you're simulcasting us in the OU softball game, you are a real one. Yes, you are. Let us know if you're a real one. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Sooner softball updates, of course, are brought to you by the people at Orthostat in Norman. Injuries, they aren't convenient, but Orthostat is. Same-day orthopedic care, no appointment necessary. Call Orthostat 405-515-5575 or visit ouchorthostat.com to learn more. So Stanford starts the game. In the uh, in the first inning with Kylie Chung and with a two-run homer, all of a sudden, just like that against Nicole May, it's two nothing in favor of Stanford. The Sooners come back in uh, in the second inning. Alana Torres with a sack fly to right field. It scores Elisa Brito. It's two to one Stanford. And then in the uh, previous inning, in the uh, second inning for Oklahoma, bottom of the second, uh, Jada Coleman with a solo shot, and it's a home run. For the Sooners to tie the game up at two apiece. All right, from the 9-4-0, there's a real one already. Uh, Cherokee Sooner says uh, this native is a real one as well. Cherokee Sooner, good to have you with us. So, again, we will keep you posted on what's happening with the Oklahoma softball team. Currently tied at two apiece. Sooners need just one victory to get to the uh, championship series against either Florida State or Tennessee beginning on Wednesday. If Oklahoma somehow lost that game uh, that's going on right now, well, the Sooners would have to beat Stanford in a one-game showdown coming up. Uh, they say at 1.30, but more than likely it would be uh, well after that because we are, uh, what, we're through three, I think it is now, and we right now are looking at the 2-2 ball game. So that's uh, just over an hour old. So anyway, we'll see what's going to happen today. And again, right now, 2-2, two two, Oklahoma and Stanford as uh, the Sooners, again, are at the plate trying to take the lead against uh, the Stanford Cardinal over at Hall of Fame Stadium. And we are currently, again, in the top of the fourth inning. Okay, Um, Parker Thune, you were at Brent's uh, football camp over the weekend. There's some news to talk about from uh, the camp itself. But let's start with what happened again commitment-wise. We got uh, the news coming down on Friday that Dejon Terry, the Tennessee transfer, was coming through the portal and committed to Oklahoma. Philip Paya, the transfer interior defensive lineman, committed on Saturday, formerly of uh, Utah State most recently, also spent some time at Michigan. So uh, what did you think? Paya, I think you expected Paya to fall right behind Dejon Terry and commit, and he did. So now the Sooners have a little more help on the interior of the defensive line. Yeah, they got more depth, if nothing else. And, you know, it was funny with Paya, we were out there at the camp on Saturday, and there's a guy out working with the defensive linemen because, you know, you got players working these camps too. It's not just the coaches. A lot of the players help out. Jackson Arnold was there. Ethan Downs was there. 
Dalen Smothers was there, etc. So, uh, Kobe McKenzie, Phil Pachotti, they were all there. There was a guy, there's a player, he's a guy that's very obviously a player. He's out there working with a defensive lineman, and I don't immediately recognize him. I take a few seconds, I'm like, who could that be? And then I see some distinctive tattoos on his calves and arms, and uh, just the fact that he already looks like, even more so than a typical college football player does, this guy just looks like a grown man. I'm like, oh, that's Philippaya helping out at OU's camp. And so I put a tweet out about it. Hey, Philip is out here helping at Oklahoma's camp. Pretty good sign there. And then about an hour later, while he was on lunch break at the camp, he posted the announcement of his commitment to Oklahoma. So, yes, you get another experienced interior defensive lineman in the fold. Uh, is he an immediate and complete fix-a-flat for this defensive line? Not necessarily. And I... I kind of tempered expectations for Dejon Terry for the same reason, right? What, these two guys do not solve all of your problems, but what they do create is a lot more competition, and they bring leadership to that room. No doubt. And uh, now you think of what the Sooners have added defensively through the portal on the D line, the interior. You get Jacob Lacey, Philip Paya, Dejon Terry, Devon Sears. Uh, you know, you get. Trace Ford and Rondell Bothroyd rush ins for OU through the portal. Uh, linebacker slash Cheetah, you get Desan McCullough, you get Connor Near at linebacker, you get Reggie Pearson Jr. at the safety spot. So you would hope those reinforcements uh, pay some huge dividends in the fall for OU, and I think they will. Now, again, are all these guys going to be immediate impact guys? Probably not, but you've certainly increased your depth uh, at a lot of positions, and you have a lot more options. Uh, Parker at just about every position now on the defense. You do. And is this defense night and day better than it was a year ago with all the additions that they've made? Not necessarily, but what I think is indisputable is that you're going to see this defense playing better ball this fall than you did in 2022. And bringing in a guy like Dejon Terry, who's got trench experience in the SEC, you can't put a price tag on that, even if he isn't going to be an absolute stud. And I don't think you're looking at like an all-conference type of player with Dejon Terry, but what you are looking at is a guy that can help, at the very least, in third and short yardage situations and fourth and short yardage situations. Because we can think of so many instances last season, right, Steely, where the Sooners were that close to getting off the field, yep. and they just couldn't do it. Didn't happen. Over and over and over again. And it's because they weren't getting a push up front. That's the reason they lost that game down the stretch to Baylor, is because Baylor would consistently get into third and fourth and short yardage situations, and they would convert with the run game or the play-action pass. And Oklahoma had no answer. And so even if you only get situational impact from guys like Terry and Paya, their mere presence could be enough to very tangibly help out this Oklahoma defense in an area where they were very weak a year ago, and that would be short yardage situations on third and fourth down. All right, Kinsey Hansen delivers a one-out single in the top of the fourth inning, so the Sooners have a runner aboard with one out against Stanford. It's a 2-2 game over at Hall of Fame Stadium. Oklahoma wins this one. They move on to the championship series beginning Wednesday against either Florida State or Tennessee. 
Uh, we'll find out Florida State and Tennessee. Tennessee would have to beat uh, the Seminoles twice, obviously, to get there, and that will be in the evening setup uh, tonight. Game one, again, Florida State wins in that game at 6 o'clock tonight. They're on to the championship series as well. But work to be done for Oklahoma. They do have one on. Kenzie Hansen at first with one out, top of the fourth inning, Oklahoma 2 and Stanford 2. All right, uh, big week visit for Will Winery coming up this weekend. Do we know anything about Will Winery's Georgia visit at all? I mean, he said everything you'd expect a kid to say after a Georgia visit. Set the bar high, you know, it was a good visit, all that. I don't really get the impression right now that Georgia has all of a sudden leaped up there to contend with Oklahoma and Tennessee and Oregon for Williams and Winery's commitment. Now, this weekend is big. And he's going to be, without question, the biggest name on campus for an official. David Stone is going to be there. He's going to be at Oklahoma. It won't be his official. I believe his official in technicality comes at the Champion Barbecue. But David Stone will be there. You'll have Williams and Winnery there. And then as far as the offensive line group is concerned, because that's what this weekend is really about. It's the trenches. You have Grant Bricks coming in. You got Jason Zanamella coming in. Eddie Pierre-Louis making his very first Oklahoma visit. So you got some big boys. Weston Davis, another blue-chip offensive tackle, coming in for an official visit this weekend. So Oklahoma is aiming to solidify most specifically the offensive side of the trenches with their crop of official visitors coming in this weekend. But Michael Hawkins is going to be there as well. He's switched his official visit date from the 16th to the 9th. So... He'll be there to try and help close on Williams and Winery. Uh, those two have been talking for a while, and he'll also do everything he can to make sure he gets some big bodies in front of him in the 2024 cycle on the offensive line. So this is a pretty big weekend coming up for no Oklahoma doubt. as far as official visits. Not not quite as big as the Champion Barbecue. Next two weeks are huge, a heck, though. A heck of a lot bigger than I thought this June 9th official visit weekend was going to be at this time last month. All right, uh, softball update. Grace Lyons hit by a pitch in the knee by uh, Elena Vodder of uh, Stanford. So the Sooners have runners at first and second. Kenzie Hansen at second. Grace Lyons at first. Uh, Alana Torres at the plate, who delivered a sacrifice fly earlier in the game for the Sooners' first run of the game. So, again, it's 2-2 two to two right now. One out, top of the fourth inning. Sooners at the plate. Stanford bullpen action is happening right now with Nigeria Kennedy warming up for Stanford, the outstanding freshman who throws, you know, a million miles an hour. So, that's the update, again, presented by Orthostat in Norman. You can call them at 405 405- 515-5575. Also want to thank Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Man, it's going to get hot. The summer is here, basically, and we are going to get, you know, we got temperatures up to 90, 89, 90 degrees last week. It's only going to get hotter. Make sure your AC is ready to go the distance. If you're questioning that, give Lasher Home Comfort Systems a call. They'll get the work done for you to get it tuned up, ready to go the distance for this summer. 405-579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. That is Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Sooners in the market to flip a big wide receiver, and they make the final three for a four-star linebacker. We'll talk about that coming up. Welcome back. Good to have you along. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, broadcasting to four people right now. It's up to four. 
Sooner softball in action as we speak in the bottom of the fourth inning in a 2-2 matchup with Stanford. Stanford took the early lead on a Kylie Chung two-run homer. The Sooners came back. They got a sack fly from Alania Torres to score Lisa Brito to draw within 2-1. to one. And then Jada Coleman in the top of the third inning led off the inning with a solo home run. We are 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Elena Botter still in the mound for Stanford, but uh, Nigel Kennedy is uh, warming up for the Cardinal. Nicole May right now on the mound for the Sooners. She started the game for Patty Gasso and company. By the way, Beats and Bites 2023, Riverwind Casino fans, music fans, food fans. It's going to be a big Saturday night out at Riverwind, the second big show of Beats and Bites 2023, presented by Coop Aleworks. Happening again this Saturday night, Gin Blossoms and Tonic on the Beats and Bites stage coming up this Saturday. We had a great opening show, 38 special, and Blue Oyster Cold with a great crowd, great temperatures, and a big-time turnout. We're expecting the same coming up this Saturday with Gin Blossoms and Tonic on the Beats and Bites stage. All your favorite local food trucks are going to be out there. It's going to be a great environment, kid-friendly environment. Kids under 12 get in free. Tickets are only 10 bucks. So many food options. Bring your folding chairs. Bring your appetite. Arts and crafts. Everything out there. It's really a cool environment if you haven't been out there. So Beats and Bites 2023. Week uh, number two. Well, actually, concert number two. The first one we had was... Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult on the stage. And again, this Saturday night, it will be Gin Blossoms and Tonic. Get your tickets at Riverwind.com, or you can get your tickets at the box office right there inside the casino. Beats and Bites 2023, this Saturday night. Great bands, Gin Blossoms and Tonic at Riverwind Outdoors. All right, two outs, two ground ball outs to start the inning for Stanford against Nicole May. There's a pop-up to Grace Lyons to end the inning. So we have completed four innings now, and it is the Sooners and Stanford knotted in a two-all tie over at Hall of Fame Stadium. The Sooners will be coming up for their half of the fifth inning, top of the fifth inning, tied at two. Okay, uh, let's talk about what else is happening uh, recruiting-wise. Uh, Ivan Carrion, the wide receiver who's committed to Texas Tech, big kid, 6'6", 200 pounds, uh, committed to the Red Raiders, but was in Norman over the weekend. He got an offer from the Sooners. What do you think? I think Oklahoma's going to have a pretty decent chance to flip this kid. And I I would say if he were committed to most any other school on Texas Tech's level, I would very much like Oklahoma's chances to flip Ivan Carrion. But what you must keep in mind is that he's a West Texas kid. Uh, yes, he committed to Emmett Jones at Texas Tech while Jones was still there, but that Texas Tech staff is very, very good at establishing and maintaining relationships. So that's that's one on, of the big reasons they got Joey McGuire, right? Texas high school coach, well respected by all those high school coaches. Um, I don't know how much that applies in the carry on situation, but uh, that's one of the reasons why Tech hired Joey McGuire. Exactly, contact. And, and he and his staff have done outstanding work there so far. The expectations are high for them in 2023, and they should be. So, look, on paper, you see Oklahoma offer a kid committed to Texas Tech, and you're going, okay, well, <laughs> why on earth wouldn't he flip, right? Well, it, it's not quite the same ball game that it maybe was two or three years ago when you're talking about Oklahoma trying to flip a kid that's committed to the Red Raiders. So, Oklahoma is certainly going to be in play. Uh Emmett Jones is going to make every effort to make Carrion feel as at, 
as at home, there we go, in Norman as he is in Lubbock. But the pull from the current Texas Tech staff is going to be strong as well. So the feeling from Oklahoma's end is if you know anything about Ivan Carrion, he is enormous, an enormous prospect, every inch of six foot six, going to have the capacity to play either wide receiver or tight end at the collegiate level, depending on how his body and frame develop. And Oklahoma is approaching this from the standpoint of, okay, we, we don't really know what position he's going to play. We just know we want him on the roster. And so he may be a receiver, he may be a tight end, but with Xavier Robinson kind of starting to trend away from Oklahoma right now, that opens up another offensive spot in the class that would have else been reserved for X. And so Ivan Carrion, regardless of whether he's a receiver or a tight end, is definitely going to be one of those candidates to end up in Oklahoma's class. So is it a foregone conclusion that he flips? No. Is it even a foregone conclusion that he takes an official visit? No. But this is certainly a situation worth monitoring because Emmett Jones is really, really good at his job, Steely. Yeah, he's been a great hire for OU, no doubt about it. Speaking of a guy with a lot of connections, Emmett Jones has certainly shown that to be the case uh, in his early, uh, you know, what he's done at Oklahoma so far early in his tenure. All right, James Nesta, four-star linebacker out of Cornelius, North Carolina. Sooners make his final three. It's Oklahoma, North Carolina, and Miami. What do you think? I think this is – I think there needs to be a healthy understanding amongst Sooner fans that things are not entirely as they appear here. And if you are a devoted follower of recruiting, you know all of the factors that are weighing into James Nesta's eventual decision. If you aren't a devoted follower of recruiting, you're looking at OU going into battle with Miami and North Carolina for a linebacker, and you're saying, oh, there's no way Oklahoma doesn't get this kid if they really want him, right? What you must understand, if you don't already, is that James Nesta is also an outstanding baseball player, the number one right-handed pitcher in the state of North Carolina, can touch 95 miles an hour with his fastball. So he has a very bright future on the diamond as well and arguably has a higher ceiling in that sport than he does on the gridiron. He's going to be a two-sport guy at the next level. And so when you see Miami and North Carolina in the final three alongside Oklahoma, you not only have to consider what those programs can offer in terms of development on the football field, but what they can offer in terms of development and opportunity on the baseball diamond as well. And both Miami and North Carolina historically have very strong baseball programs. So I don't know which way this one swings yet. I think it's too close and too early to call, but Oklahoma is going to get the last official visit. So if nothing else, they're going to get the chance to make the final impression on Nesta before his decision. There you go. All right, softball update, top of the fifth inning, and Riley Boone leads off the uh, top of the fifth for Oklahoma at, with a leadoff single, so Riley Boone at first base. Stanford pulls Elena Votter. Votter is out of the game. Nyjah Kennedy is coming in, the 75 fastball-throwing freshman who has been great. Sooners, of course, faced her in the opener. Oklahoma won that game. Two zip. Jada Coleman, of course, had the big hit for the Sooners in that one. But right now, top of the fifth inning, it is Oklahoma 2, Stanford 2. Nobody out, top of the fifth inning. Riley Boone at first base for Oklahoma to lead off the inning. And uh, Nyjah Kennedy is coming in, the freshman with a 0.48 ERA. 
And That's a pretty good ERA. Might be the fastest uh, thrower of the softball in America right now. So we'll see. But I, I still think the Sooners' chances are pretty good. I always do. Okay. Um, so what else uh, at camp? You were at camp, and the Sooners had Jackson Arnold. Obviously, we knew he was going to be there. Michael Hawkins was there. Kevin Sperry was there. Somebody asking on the text line if Michael Hawkins will be in town this weekend to help recruit. Yes, this is his official visit weekend. Okay, he was initially so going to be the champion barbecue, but he's got the Elite 11 finals out in Los Angeles June 14th through the 16th. So, for one, he would have to hightail it from the Elite 11 back to Oklahoma for the official visit next Friday. And also, you're probably going to have Kevin Sperry in town for the champion barbecue anyway. You're also going to have Samaj Jones in town for the champion barbecue. And so the Oklahoma staff, with all of those factors considered, eventually ended up asking Michael Hawkins, hey, we got a bunch of offensive linemen coming in this weekend. If you want some maulers in front of you in the 2024 class, would you consider switching your official visit weekend and doing June 9th through the 11th instead? And ultimately, that was something the family was happy to do. Uh, moreover, I reported this last week to members at OUinsider.com, but it's not just about the offensive linemen and williams Nuaneri this weekend because you also got a burner at wide receiver that's coming in for what's a relatively surprising official visit. Four-star wideout Zion Raggins out of the state of Georgia, whom it seemed like OU had been kind of looking a different direction ever since they got the commitment from K.J. Daniels uh, back in, what would that have been, late April? Uh, Mid-April, I guess. But... Zion Raggins is a name that hadn't really been thrown around in the OU circle for quite a while, but OU has re-engaged with Raggins, and they're set to host him this weekend for an official visit. Well, they've already got one Zion, right? Exactly. I think there's a decent chance they get two, Steely. Zion Kearney, we were talking about the four-star wideout had committed to Oklahoma, what, a couple weeks ago? Three weeks ago or something like that? It was at the spring game. Yeah, it was at the spring game. So, yeah, about a month ago now. All right, uh, softball updates. We are in the top of the fifth inning, and uh, Jada Coleman flied out to center field for the first out of the inning. Uh, Riley Boone led off the inning with a uh, single for OU. Now a pass ball uh, against Stanford has Riley Boone at second place, one out, T.R.A. Jennings at the plate for Oklahoma, runner in scoring position. Man, you like your chances if you're Oklahoma right now with one of the best hitters in the country. Again, with a runner in scoring position with great speed and Riley Boone, 2-2, two to two, top of the fifth inning. T.R.A., maybe it'll be Tia time. We'll see. Facing at Najee Kennedy, the Stanford hard-throwing freshman. And, again, we are tied at 2-2 two and two in the top of the fifth inning. All right, more recruiting news. And who ranked Oklahoma 13th in their preseason poll? It is a who or is it a what? T.R.A. Jennings strikes out to Kennedy. Two out now in the top of the fifth. Still a runner. In scoring position, Riley Boone for Oklahoma with two down. Lemmy, take us to break. All right, Haley Lee lines out to left field to end the Sooners' half, top half of the fifth inning. Oklahoma two, Stanford two, Nicole May back out there in the circle for Oklahoma in a 2-2 game, the Sooners. They win this one. They're on to the championship series against either Florida State or Tennessee beginning on Wednesday. 
Oklahoma somehow loses this game, and that 50-game winning streak comes to an end. They would have to turn around and play Stanford again. 30-minute break after this game, then they'd play uh, the Cardinal again, and the winner of that game would go on to the championship series again that would, beginning on Wednesday. That would be a pretty perfect number, though. 50-game winning streak. Like you, you know that's probably never getting surpassed if only by – unless it's by Patty Gasso and her program. So – I'm not saying I want the streak to end today. Ladies what I'm and gentlemen, is, you just heard it. Parker wants the 50-game winning streak to end at 50. My point is you got to 50. So, mm-hmm. yeah, And you'll have another chance to take Stanford down later today if for whatever whatever reason you come up short. So They're gonna find you're kind of in the catbird seat here if you're Oklahoma. I agree. I think they will find a way. Nicole May has really buckled down since yeah, the first yeah, inning. No doubt. She has been she remarkable. Really has. Yeah, since that uh, – you know, you had the uh, Kylie Chung two-run homer in the uh, first inning. She has really settled down, and the Sooners, uh, again, they just find a way to answer. All right, uh, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. That's 405-651-3439. Are you surprised at all the jealousy there is out there for Oklahoma softball? I mean, you had Carol Hutchins, the uh, – uh, Michigan coach, Oklahoma is a 10th man out there. And then, of course, you've got some absolute fools out there saying that, well, home field advantage. I mean, you expect that from the idiots. But, um, you know, for the Michigan coach, I don't think she's not coaching now, right? Didn't she leave like a year ago or something like that? But anyway, to say something like that, I just thought was really. And I don't know if she's talking about the crowd, the umpires. It seemed to me like talking about the umpires. But guess what? When you are the dominant program and all the best players want to come play for you and you were able to get out of the portal, you know, Alex Duraco and Haley Lee and Sidney Sanders and Alana Torres and, you know, all these tremendous players who already had great resumes, guess what? People are not going to be happy about that. And I'm just uh, – it, it comes with the territory. When you're winning at the rate that Oklahoma wins at, just like, uh, you know, the Patriots back in the day or certainly, I, you know, can you imagine if we'd had social media when the Celtics were winning every single championship in the NBA or well, UCLA winning in college basketball? You know, it's got to be, oh, it's got to be the home field advantage or, man, Oklahoma's got a 10th man. Or, can you believe Alyssa Brito throws her bat down like that after a walk? Well, okay, I listen. I mean, come on. Idiots abound on social media, mm-hmm. so you have to filter out the idiots. Oh, yeah. However, I do understand, from the perspective of anyone other than an Oklahoma fan, why you might have Oklahoma fatigue at this point. Because we've experienced this, Steely. We experienced it with Alabama oh, yeah. in college yeah. football most recently. We experienced, I would say we're experiencing it with the Chiefs in the NFL, right? You're watching the Chiefs play for an AFC championship every single year. You're like, oh, gosh, anybody but the Chiefs. I bet that's kind of how it feels yeah, for most anyone it. that watches college softball and isn't an Oklahoma fan. It's, it's awesome right now if you are a Sooner fan. They've seen this movie a million times, and this is installment. It's like when you get to, uh, you know, Halloween 14 or whatever, you know, Michael Myers takes Mars, you're probably going to be a little bit tired of it. But at the same time, um, what bothered me was a, you know, prominent college coach saying that. You had Mike White earlier in the year insinuating that Patty Gasso is doing something wrong and then tried to backtrack. And then you have people upset that Oklahoma celebrates too much. You know, it's all about the home field advantage. No, 
Oklahoma is better than everybody else. It's like Billy Tubbs said, get better. Get better. If you want the softball series to go somewhere else, you know, if you're a, if you're a city out there, invest in building a stadium and the infrastructure around that stadium. And guess what? Maybe it might move one day. And that's the difference right now between Oklahoma and most of the rest of the country is that Oklahoma is actively investing in softball. Because you build a dynasty like this, you're going to do what it takes to maintain it. Yes. So, uh, anyway, we are in the bottom half of the fifth inning. We're knotted up two apiece. Oklahoma and Stanford, national semifinal. Oklahoma wins this. They're on to the championship series uh, against either Florida State or Tennessee. Uh, beginning on Wednesday, two outs, bottom of the fifth inning. Nobody on for Stanford. Nicole May in the circle for Oklahoma. All right, any other observations you made at the uh, football camp over the weekend? Oh, gosh. I got to rewind my brain. I think Thursday was overall a better day than Saturday. The highlight on Saturday was Ivan Carrion, obviously. Uh, Nebraska kid. Got an offer on Saturday. Chase Lofton, 2025 tight end out of Elkhorn North up there in Nebraska. So, Joe John Finley, man, he loves him some Nebraska He boys, does. He it does. Would seem. Get Caden Helms in the class of 2022. Caden McIntyre in 23. We're going to get the Malachi Coleman text within seconds, I can guarantee it. But now he's back in the market for another Nebraska kid in Chase Lofton in the class of 2025. And I get the sense, even though it's early, Oklahoma's going to be real tough to beat. Okay, uh, we know that Will Nguyenary, did I do it right? Nguyenary. Nguyenary. Will Nguyenary. Will Nguyenary. Yeah, it takes some getting Will used to. Nguyenary. I gotta, feel like, what is that? You got to uh, do your best to pronounce the end. Will Nguyenary. Will Nguyenary. Will, Will Nguyenary. That win had an end, too, back in the day when he was at A&M and playing in the NFL. Guess what? Didn't exist. That win. Where's the end? Where's the G? Yeah, I know. What is that? Uh, what's that stupid thing that can teach you Italian or Spanish? Duolingo? Or? No, it's another one. It's Oh, uh, Rosetta Stone? Rosetta Stone. Yeah, I go with the olds. They went with Rosetta Stone back in the day. <laughs> the, olds, the olds went Rosetta Stone. Would they, would they have an old telling me, Will? One airy, will one airy, one airy. Just drop the in. Will one airy? There you go. Is that it? There you go. Besides yeah. Will, can we? Can I just call him Will? Is that sure. Right? Big Willie. Big Willie. Yes. Free Willie. <laughs> um. Who else is coming in this weekend? Uh, you're saying this weekend's getting bigger than you anticipated because this weekend, June 9th through 11th, has turned out to be pretty big, and then you have the Champion Barbecue uh, the week after. But what about this weekend besides Free Willie? Yeah, this past Friday I went ahead and uh, called my shot on Grant Bricks, the four-star offensive yeah, lineman did. out of the state of Iowa. I think Oklahoma ends up with him. And they're doing battle primarily with Nebraska right now. He's going to take an official visit to Kansas State. Next commit He's, for OU? No, I don't think so. I, I got a good idea of who the next commit for OU is going to be. Really? Who would yeah. that be? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, get ready. Get your uh, climbing equipment out. We're scaling <laughs> the paywall together. Let's climb it. Uh, but, no, Grant Bricks is going to take his official this weekend with Oklahoma. It'll be his first OV. He was going to be at Notre Dame this past weekend. That didn't happen. 
OU has been neck and neck with Nebraska here for some time. I get the sense in talking to a variety of sources close to that recruitment that OU's begun to pull ahead a little bit, and that is one guy that everybody in the building wants badly. Michael Hawkins wants him badly. There's going to be a lot of emphasis this weekend placed on making sure Oklahoma, at the very least, puts themselves in an ideal position to land bricks down the road because I don't think it's going to be the type of deal where he commits in the immediate aftermath of the official visit. That'd be awesome. I just don't see it happening. I think he probably finishes out the OV slate, goes to Kansas State, goes to Alabama, goes to Nebraska, and then makes a decision sometime later this summer. But Oklahoma's in the driver's seat there for my money. They got a chance to solidify that lead this weekend. Still four and a half on the over and under for commitments for Oklahoma in uh, the month of June. I'm okay with that, yeah. Does that include uh, transfer portal commits? No, I wouldn't include transfer portal commits in there. Okay. My question is, can we include class of 2025 commitments in there? Yeah, I think you could do that. Okay, yeah, sounds good. I think you could do I'll that. take the over. All right, Elisa Brito at the plate for Oklahoma leading off the sixth inning. And uh, Nigel Kennedy on the mound now for Stanford. They pulled Elena Botter in the previous half inning. And uh, it's Oklahoma 2, Stanford 2, top of the sixth inning over at Hall of Fame Stadium. Let's break right here. Let's get back to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. The Ref Army here with us, all six or seven who are actually listening right now and not watching Sooner Softball. You can multitask, can't you? All right, we'll get to some of your texts when we get back. Okay, we are in the... Um, Top of the sixth inning. Elisa Brito was hit by a pitch. She's at first base. Sid Sanders struck out on a Kennedy changeup. One out, one on. Elisa Brito at first. Kenzie Hansen at the plate right now for Oklahoma. It was hard to see, I guess, to the average human. Brito being hit by that pitch. But you know what? I know Dr. Bellardo, so I saw it very, very clearly. If you're over 40 like me, either nearsighted or farsighted, you need to call my guy, Dr. Bellardo, known Dr. B and the folks there at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center for years and years. Totally trust them up there on Penn. Go check them out. See if you qualify for lens replacement or for cataract surgery from the experts at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Dr. Bellardo and his team, they've been the leaders in that area of vision correction for over 20 years now. I was an early customer and uh, can't tell you uh, enough about the great job they've done. Call today at 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo, or you can just go to alcok.com. Like they always say there at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, if you want to see far, if you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. All right. Still, right now, we are in the uh, top of the sixth inning, 2-2 count on Kenzie Hansen. Runner at first is uh, Alyssa Brito and one out in this inning. Okay, I was talking about um, this top 25 preseason poll that came out that ranked the Sooners 13th. ESPN, SP+, Plus. College Football Top 25, which is basically, more than anything else, a statistical formula 
that looks at the past couple of years. They had Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, Bama 4, LSU 5, Tennessee 6, freaking Mule Shoe at number 7, Penn State 8, Texas 9, Florida State 10, the Sooners at 13, right behind Oregon at 11, and Clemson at 12. The Sooners come in at 13. Kinsey Hansen goes down. Uh, a strikeout for Kennedy, and Kinsey Hansen goes down, swinging two outs now for the Sooners in the top of the sixth inning. Oklahoma, with this schedule, and if they play better defense and are better on big downs, third and fourth downs, they absolutely could be that good. Yeah, got to see it to believe it. Got to see it to believe it. But everything's there for Oklahoma schedule wise. Everything's there for them schedule wise. Yeah, again, you look over that schedule, Steely. I, I would expect that Oklahoma wins 9-10 games. And if you win 9-10 games the regular season, you're right there, right around number 13 at the end of the yeah. year. Yeah. And, again, I think the uh, the floor for this team should be nine victories. I really do. It needs to be. And I think that, you know, the Texas game is going to be crucial. I mean, if you beat Texas, you get some momentum back, and you might, uh, underline might, about three times, but you might have a chance to run the table in the regular season and get to the Big 12 championship game. Now, again – you think about last year's 6-7 and seven debacle and what happened, you shake your head like, man, that's too big of a stretch. But the schedule is there, and the Sooners, if they can play better defense, are certainly capable of going out and winning, you know, 11, maybe 12. Now, again, even for the best teams out there, it's difficult to run the table. It seems to me that Texas game, Parker Thune, is going to be – it always is crucial. The Texas game always does a lot. Yeah. But – you know, number one, you know, you need to get some momentum back in the series. It's not like you lost all momentum, but on the heels of 49 to nothing, you want to go there and win that game. You can't get beat again, get beat by three touchdowns or something by Texas without losing a lot of momentum, you know, in that series and some in recruiting as well. Grace Lyons at the plate, fouls one off. Uh, it's a one two count on Grace Lyons now, top of the sixth inning. But it seems like, you know, the Texas game year after year after year is a crucial game in terms of. You know, it indicates where the season's going to go and just how good of a football team you have. Is Texas overrated in a lot of the preseason polls every year? Absolutely. But it's going to tell a ton, I think, this year. By the way, Kennedy strikes out Grace Lyons. So uh, we go to the bottom of the sixth inning, tied up to a piece. Kennedy's tough, Nigel Kennedy's really freaking good, Steely. (laughs) I mean, you get one pitch that's coming in at 75 miles an hour, and then you get it coming in at 54 miles an hour, the next pitch. How does Oklahoma not get her? She's from Topeka, Kansas. Well, and I was I was about to bring that up. Like Somebody needs to ask Patty Gasso about her in postgame. Ask how heavily they recruited Nyjah Kennedy because it, it does seem weird, doesn't it? That, yeah. And I, obviously I, I know zero about the backstory. But I mean, Stanford's got a pretty that, good academic reputation. That's that's probably played a big role in it. Would be my guess. I don't know, but somebody who do does know, let us know. But yeah, it seems uh, like somebody that close to the greatest program going on right now uh, in college softball would be not a shoe in, but certainly would be a choice that you would think a pitcher of that caliber would make right now. From the nine one eight. Six and seven and picked 13th. You were delusional last year and you're delusional now. Hey, to me, it's all about the schedule. And I just think, again, they're going to be better defensively. I'm not saying they're going to go out and be in competition for a national championship. But that schedule 
if you play even close to what Oklahoma football is all about, you've got a chance to – like I said, I really believe that the floor would be nine games if you're playing solid football. Might be delusional. I don't know. I was delusional last year. I admit it. I probably drank, as a lot of us did, too much of the Crimson Kool-Aid in the preseason. But I I don't know. I just can't see it being that bad again. This team rebounding and becoming a 9-10 win, uh, win team in 2023, that is not delusion. That's a reasonable expectation, especially when you are cognizant of the fact that the Sooners were 0-5 in one-possession games last year. Yeah, it was 6-7, and and I'm not going to make excuses for 6-7. Six 6-7 and seven. Six and seven is 6-7, and seven. but the optics of that 6-7, and seven, if you watch that team play over the course of the year, you, would, you could have safely concluded that that was a better 6-7 and seven team than your typical run-of-the-mill 6-7 and seven team. Is it delusional to figure Oklahoma could win 9 or 10 games this fall? I don't think so at all. Now, Nobody is sitting here saying Oklahoma is going to be in the college football playoff field. I would I would argue that if that's the prediction you're throwing out there, that borders on delusion. But to say they're going to win 9, 10 games, no, I think that's perfectly fair, and I don't think that's asinine to suggest that that could well, happen. Well, you know, I can see somebody saying that, though, on the text line because they looked horrible at times last year. They looked lost out there. And, you know, when they have Dylan Gabriel in there, they were always, uh, you know, had a chance to win. But uh, certainly the defense has got to get a lot better. All right, leadoff single for Stanford in the top or the uh, bottom of the sixth inning. Let's see if Patty does something – Pitching-wise, not saying anything yet. 2-2, Oklahoma-Stanford, bottom of the sixth inning. Runner on for the Cardinal. Nobody out. Nicole May still in the circle for OU. All right, take a break. Coming right back. Welcome back. Hour number two underway. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. It is Steelman and Thune afternoon. We're into the 1 o'clock hour here in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. And the updates on the softball game is Jordy Ball is in for Oklahoma. Stanford just had runners at first and second. Ground ball back to the mound. Jordy goes to third to get the uh, force. So now one outs in the uh, bottom of the sixth inning. And it is Oklahoma 2, Stanford 2, Jordy Ball in relief of Nicole May in the circle now for Oklahoma. Runner in scoring position. Two runners on, runner at first, runner at second. One out, bottom of the six, Sooners 2, Stanford 2. So, Jordy Ball on in relief of Nicole May. And again, if uh, the Sooners win this one, they are on to the final which will be starting on Wednesday, 7 o'clock, over at Hall of Fame Stadium. They lose this game. Then they would turn around and play Stanford 30 minutes after the conclusion of this one. So we'll see. Florida State and Tennessee will play in the evening session beginning at 6 o'clock. Tennessee must beat the Seminoles twice to reach the championship series on Wednesday. All right, uh, 405-651. 3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Want to remind you once again, all of our uh, OU softball championship run updates brought to you by Orthostat in Norman. Injuries, certainly not fun, not convenient. Orthostat is very convenient. How convenient? Same day orthopedic care, no appointment needed. 
Call Orthostat, 405-515-5575, or visit ouchorthostat.com to learn more. Yeah, as the text line points out, of course, the uh, Texas Longhorns, of course, were ninth in uh, the ESPN College Football Top 25 per ESPN SP+, which uh, basically is a stats ranking, computer data. You trust the computers? Do I trust the you computers? You trust the computers That's overall. a very broad question. All the way back In- to 2001, A Space Odyssey, when HAL 9000 screwed with their mission, the onboard computer? In general, no, I do not trust the computers. AI all, and all of the developments therein, quite frankly, scares me a little bit. Yes, as I've said, we will the, – the end of humanity will happen – when we are defeated by an AI robot army. All of us. They're just going to decide these humans are idiots. And they're going to build a robot army and destroy all of us. And Stephen Hawking, who predicted kind of that, will be laughing somewhere. Did you watch MacGyver back in the day? I was not a MacGyver guy. Really? I, I did see all the SNL MacGyver skits with Will Forte. Of so course. you never watched the original MacGyver with yeah. Richard Dean Anderson. I did not. You did? Oh, I grew up on that. Really? Like yeah. were your parents like forcing you to watch that or was that your own choice? No, they weren't forcing me to watch that. It was it was actually my grandparents that were real big on MacGyver back when mm. it was running on TV in the late 80s and so we had the box set of the first and second and third seasons and just watched those over and over and over again, but this whole AI discourse makes me think, I believe it was the first episode of season two where basically this scientist has built a compu- a supercomputer that's designed to guard a research facility mm-hmm. and MacGyver shows up to try and infiltrate it for the sake of security, right? Basically, they believe the security is foolproof and... The Phoenix Foundation is like, well, if MacGyver can't get in, nobody can. So this will be the ultimate test of your security system. And as he's in the facility, the AI computer begins to think for itself and starts, like, waging war on everything. All of the humans that try to control it and operate it. And eventually, you know, as he always does, MacGyver finds a way out, finds a way to beat the computer, shut it down. But... I always think of that episode. I was like, that was almost 40 years ahead of its time. AI learns to think for itself, and we're all doomed. We're in trouble, yes. So you don't trust computers, so you're telling me you don't trust that the Sooners again are going to be the number 13 team in the country, Dan, is what you're saying, as the ESPN computers have projected. It's not that I don't trust the computers in that regard. It's that... Well, okay, I'll say this. That 13 to 17, 18 range is probably about where I would peg Oklahoma at the end of the season. So I think the computers are right in that regard. Jordy Ball pitches the Sooners out of the inning, striking out the Stanford hitter to close out the inning. So Jordy Ball coming in, she's been absolutely tremendous in this Women's College World Series, clearly has been the MVP for Oklahoma. And she comes out in the game, puts out the fire. Stanford had a couple scoring opportunities there, but Jordy Ball uh, ends the threats, and that ends the uh, bottom of the sixth inning. So the Sooners come into the plate, and again, it is two and two 
in uh, this matchup today going on at Hall of Fame Stadium. We'll this, see if the Sooners can get it. Go ahead, run. This must be a poke on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. This listener from the 918 says, I really enjoyed watching the meltdown last year, and I'll, I'll enjoy it even more as you slide into mediocrity in the SEC with a smidgen more money than the Big 12. Your political power is long gone. Wow, we should play like an evil Dr. Evil laugh after that or something. Of course, I guess he really didn't have much of an evil laugh. but It's okay. He's the one that has to live with Alan Bowman as his starting quarterback. Smidgen is a word that is not used very often. We said schmuck needs to return. How about smidgen? Yes, smidgen is a word that is barely in my vernacular. Smidgen is a small pigeon, by the way. I would use the word iota before I would use the word smidgen. Iota, there you go. All right, Drew from Flower Mound. You all see David Stone and Billy Napier in the car? I didn't see that. Was that a thing on social media? I, I didn't know. see that David, either. David Stone's going to be at OU this weekend and then the weekend after that. So, In the car, you mean I assume this is a edit with David Stone. Or just a photo, Maybe. perhaps. I don't know. Is David Stone getting a car from the Gators or something, or what do we know? I mean, listen, if that's the reason why he would pick Florida over every other school is because he gets a car, uh, suffice it to say, I don't think David Stone is that shallow. All right, from the 918, Parker, how do you feel about Taylor Tatum, and why is the recruitment of the 25 class moving faster than the 24 class? Taylor Tatum, by the way, Longview, Texas, right? Longview, Texas. Recently I, named the number one uh, running back in the class. So I was down at TCU's mega camp yesterday and ran into a Longview staffer, a member of the Longview football staff, and we, we got to talking about Taylor Tatum. And this member of the staff is big on USC, really likes USC, but he said – yeah, look, it's in all likelihood going to be OU or Michigan for Taylor Tatum, which tracks with what we've been saying for a while now, is that it was likely going to be those two programs in the final hunt. I can't shake the feeling, though, that A&M is going to be involved with this thing until the bitter end. Because what do we know about A&M, Steely? They can afford to overpay. And nobody's influenced by the bag. Until the bag is simply too large enough that it's bad business not to take it. And so if Texas A&M decides, you know what? We need some momentum on the recruiting trail. We need to stay within state lines here and make sure that the number one running back in the country is repping Texas A&M over Texas and Georgia and Oklahoma and Michigan and USC. We're going to spend, and we're going to make sure we get Taylor Tatum. If that's what Texas A&M decides, I find it hard to believe that Taylor Tatum would go anywhere other than Texas A&M because at, at a certain point, again, there is too much money on the table for you to say no. Period. Uh-oh. What happened, Steely? It's off the wall. A double to start the inning is a lot of that's a lot of Torres, I believe. I didn't see it at the last minute. I think it's a lot of Torres, but uh, leads it, it, that ball missed leaving the yard by like five feet, three to five feet. It almost looked like it, it's off the wall. It's a double to start the inning. Yeah, that thing was smoked. That was. I didn't see who hit it though. I'm thinking that's who it was, but I'm not sure. Let us know on the text line if I made an error there. 
All right. Uh, that thing missed leaving the yard by about five inches. All right, 405-651-3439 on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. So, uh, pinch runner Avery Hodge now at second place or on uh, second base for Oklahoma now with nobody out. And the Sooners trying to find a way to get this in the win column and move on to the championship series um, starting on Wednesday night. So, let's see here. Um, so Taylor Tatum, number one running back in the country, Caden Durham, obviously highly recruited. Um, are you still thinking LSU lean for Caden Durham? And if the Sooners don't get either Tatum or Caden Durham, who do you think the next two in line would be? Oh gosh. If they don't get Caden Durham and Taylor Tatum, I guess the next two in line would probably be Stacy Gage and Jeremy Payne at running back. Jeremy Payne, a teammate of Zion Kearney's down at uh, High Tower in Missouri City, Texas. So he's been on OU's radar for a while, but their top two targets right now are Durham and Tatum. That's kind of the dream class for OU at running back. There you go. But you feel like they'll get at least one of those two? What would, what would you put their chances in at rather than getting one of those two? So, hang on. What, what would the chances be of getting one of the two? Yeah, it's Durham or Tatum. Would you One be... of the two, 70%. There you go. Both, 30%. 35%, perhaps. Okay, runners at first and second now for Oklahoma. And again, the Sooners with a chance here. Riley Boone with a lay down a bunt. Stanford, wow, perfectly placed. And the Sooners have runners at first and second out. Nobody out, top of the seventh inning, currently in a 2-2 tie with Stanford. And as good as Kennedy is, she is a freshman going up against a team with more experience in the Women's College World Series than any other by far. So I like Oklahoma's chances here to uh, to plate a run and get ahead. So we'll see what happens. All right. Um, so, again, we've got other news that happened over the weekend at the Sooner Camp. Uh, Oklahoma offers a wide receiver, 6'6", 200-pound wide receiver. We'll tell you about that. Already committed to Texas Tech. We'll get into that when we get back, and we will get your text, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We are charting the OU-Stanford matchup again. Jada Coleman at the plates. Runners at first and second. Nobody out top of the seventh for OU. We're coming right back. Welcome back. Good to have you with us on a Monday. I'm Mike Steely along with Parker Thune here in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. OU softball championship run update brought to you by Orthostat and Norman. Injuries, they're not convenient. Orthostat is very convenient. Same day orthopedic care, no appointment needed. Call Orthostat at 405-515-5575 or you can visit their website, ouchorthostat.com to learn more. All right, so uh, Jada Coleman uh, is retired, and Tiari Jennings was just retired by Nigel Kennedy, the uh, Stanford fresh, freshman pitching sensation who came on in relief of Alana Botter. And we are 2-2 in the top of the seventh inning. Sooners have a runner first, runner in second, and two outs. And uh, Jocelyn Erickson is at the plates facing Kennedy. 
with Elisa Brito on deck. So, uh, thank you guys, by the way, for bearing with us today. This is a very unusual show, is it not, Parker, to be doing our show during the middle of the OU softball game in the Women's College World Series, number one team in the country with a 50-game winning streak. It kind of has our attention, too. I'm trying not to do play-by-play. I'm not going to do that, but I'm trying to give you guys as best updates as I can. It's a one-two count on uh, Jocelyn Erickson and the Sooners. One solid base hit could win this game here. But, well, Stanford has, you know, bottom of the seventh, though. Yeah, exactly. Nigel Kennedy's one pitch from putting Stanford yeah. in position to win this game That's true. with a run in the seventh. So, yeah. big, big spot right here. It is. Absolutely is. By the way, you want to go out to a great spot this weekend? I've got an idea for you. Riverwind Casino Beats and Bites 2023. There's a ball outside right there. It's happening this weekend. The second show of Beats and Bites 2023 brought to you by Coop Aleworks Outdoors at Riverwind Casino. Featuring the Gin Blossoms and Tonic on the Beats and Bites stage this weekend. We had a great, big-time opening show with 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult. This weekend, it's the Gin Blossoms and Tonic. You can get your tickets online. They're only 10 bucks. Kids under 12 get in free. You can get your tickets at Riverwind.com or at the Casino Box Office right there outside the Showplace Theater. So if you're looking for something to do, get outdoors this weekend, watch some great music, enjoy some great food. All the best local uh, food trucks are out there. Games for the kids, arts and crafts. Uh, Bring your folding chair again. Just have a great time outdoors. Beats and Bites 2023. Show number two, the Gin Blossoms and a tonic on the stage this weekend out at Riverwind Casino. Another reason why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. Ooh, a little bit high. It is now a that was, steely. It was close. Two full two count. count. Yeah, it's t- yeah, it's full now. You're right. Yeah, runners are going to be taking runners off on the pitch. Runners going to be going. So you 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 but get man. a solid single here. I'm sure Nyjah Kennedy thought she rung up Jocelyn Erickson and it did on that look last a, pitch. It did look a little bit high. So. Here we go. This is a big pitch coming up. 2-2, Stanford, Oklahoma. Top of the seventh. Runner at first, runner at second for OU. Jocelyn Erickson at the plates. Fly ball. That one's going into left field, and that's an easy out. So, Stanford. Man, Kennedy is something special, is she not? (laughs) She's unbelievable. She's electric. She's been great. And she's what's held this thing together for Stanford. The the best two pitchers in this event have been Jordy Ball and Kennedy. And not necessarily in that order either. <laughs> no, but I tell you what, Jordy Ball, because Kennedy throws so hard, just the way Jordy Ball gets out there and competes. I mean, everybody knows Jordy Ball. She was the number one recruit in the country, too, so she had a big-time reputation to live up to. But, man, she is a bulldog out there. So Jordy Ball will uh, come out uh, and try and set Stanford down here um, in the bottom half of the seventh inning. What a day. What a day. Okay, why is it the KREF app broadcasting the softball game since when? We are on 99.3 FM. 99.3 FM. It's not on the app? Is that – it was supposed to be on the app from what I heard, unless something changed. Might want to refresh or something. That Might ask TJ, but um, anyway, uh, I know we're on 99.3 FM, and what I was hearing – the uh, this morning was that it was going to be on the app. So I don't know if there's an issue with the app or what, but we'll try and find out for you. All right, 405-651-3439. Uh, 
from the 405. Why can't the Sooners lay off the rise ball when it's starting out of the strike zone? Easier said than done. Mm. The high fastball is maybe the hardest pitch in either baseball or softball to lay off of. Because for a minute, it looks like it's going to be right in your wheelhouse. And then, boom, it's at your neck. From the 918, love you all show. Very thankful for the softball updates. Go Sooners. I'm stuck at work. Can't watch the game. Relying on Steely for play-by-play. Yeah, I'm trying not to do, you know, just play-by-play of every pitch. We keep you guys updated on what's happening. I can see Parker turning. Do you find, Do you have the game on your laptop now? No, I'm watching it on okay. the TV in here. Because I saw a, there's you, a TV screen. You're turning around. You might have a sore neck uh, later tonight. This is a very good question, though. We have a listener on the uh, Air Comfort – or uh, dang it, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line that was asking, uh, how is Nigel Kennedy a college freshman at 24 years old? See, I saw somewhere or that 23. I, I guess she's 23. Really? I saw she was born in 2003 is what I thought I saw. I don't know. They may be talking about it on the air. We obviously can't have the sound up, but maybe somehow I missed that. I watched a lot of uh, Stanford Washington yesterday as well while I was watching the uh, the end of the memorial. By the way, nice nice job on Sunday again, Rory. Jeez, congratulations, Victor Hovland. By the way, Oklahoma State Cowboy, big victory, big victory for uh, the Norwegian. Okay, um, I don't know. Maybe somebody can uh, let us know if that's accurate or not. I don't know. I saw that she was born in 2003. Yeah, conflicting reports on the interwebs. I see several places saying she was born in 1999 Hmm. and several saying she was born in 2003. I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, When the Internet has conflicting intel, where else do you turn for authoritative words? I haven't heard that on the broadcast. I, You know, Oklahoma and Stanford played in the opener Thursday. I didn't hear that unless somehow I missed it. Uh, You know how we're all multitasking now, watching a bunch of things at once. So, I don't know. Somebody let us know if that's 100% accurate on the text line. Mike Gundy, next head coach at Texas A&M. Hmm. From the 918. The more I hear about... The culture up at Oklahoma State, the more I wonder how Mike Gundy wins so many games every year. Because the way I had it phrased to me talking to a source yesterday about the situation up at Oklahoma State was that nobody likes each other up there. Hmm. Interesting, because I the culture would appear to have been for that's a long like, time pretty I'm darn saying. good, right? That's what you I'm know? saying. Because Mike Gundy... I know OSU fans get, you know, they look at the Bedlam record or whatever, but overall Mike Gundy has been an outstanding coach. Yeah. Christy says it's a rumor. She's not really 24. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is that, you know, you get on Twitter and all that BS, nobody tells the truth on there. So, thank you, Christy. That's what I was thinking when I saw that, and I'm like, well, it says everywhere that I'm looking that looks credible says 2003. So, like the Stanford website. So oh, the Stanford saw. website That's does say one July 31st, 2003. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, first batter of the inning for Stanford pops up, and Grace Lyons is there to make the catch. So one out. Sooners two outs away from getting it to extra innings. We are tied at two. Stanford got on board first in this game uh, very early on as, uh, you know, right off the bat, Nicole May starts for Oklahoma. And uh, it was uh, Kylie Chung with a two-run homer to start it for Stanford. They led two to nothing. Sooners answered 
with uh, an Alana Torres sack fly, scoring Elisa Brito uh, in the uh, top of the second. It was 2-1 to one Stanford. Jada Coleman led off the uh, top of the third inning with a solo home run for Oklahoma to tie the game at 2. And uh, that's where we are right now as we are playing in the bottom of the seventh. Stanford, if the Cardinals scores a run here, they would force a second game with Oklahoma 30 minutes after this one. All right? And there is a one-out single for Stanford. Blue single into right field, so Stanford will have a runner on right now in the bottom of the seventh with one out against Jordy Ball. 405-651-3439. Mike Gunny, the next coach at Texas A&M, did I miss something there? No, No, you didn't miss anything. It's just people talking on the text line. Maybe there's a credible source that Jimbo's going to get booted. And Mike Gundy's going to leave Oklahoma State (laughs) in the middle of June? Mike Gundy, I do think there was a good chance for a while. It looked like Mike Gundy might have been at Tennessee, though, for a little bit, right? And the word was he was in the running for the Florida job a couple years back, too. Which one did he say he was offered a pro job? Was it Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay, that's right. Thank goodness, as a Bucs fan, I want no part of Mike Gundy coaching my NFL Why team. not? He's a good, solid Oklahoman. Won a state championship in Midwest City. Been a good coach. You just don't want him in the NFL? He's too much of a character for my taste. Gundy is uh, – his press conferences are always interesting, I will say that. I, I like the Gundys a lot. They, they're they not afraid to speak their mind. And, um, you know, it's horrible what happened with Kale, but that, you know, like I said, that – Unfortunately, he picked up that grenade. But, um, you know, behind the Selmans, they might be the second family of uh, the state of Oklahoma football-wise, right? Because nobody's talking to, topping the Selmans ever in the history of mankind. It's not going to happen. Okay, um, let's get an update on Bryant Wesco because people seem to be freaking about Bryant Wesco. I just took an official visit to Clemson. Yeah. And what I, happened with Wesco is what I'm saying every two seconds. There was an insider that threw out a crystal ball for Clemson. I'm not really buying that at this point. I I did spend time down at TCU yesterday, as I mentioned, and there's a lot of confidence from the TCU end that they're going to outgun Oklahoma in the race for Wesco. Hmm. Now, both sides feel good. Oklahoma feels good. TCU feels good. Apparently, Clemson feels good right now. And so – Here's what I've learned over the years, Steely, is that when everybody feels good, nobody should feel too good at all. So we've kind of considered it a foregone conclusion that Bryant Wesco was going to end up in OU's class at this point. I, I'm less bullish on that now than I have been, but it's hard not to trust Emmett Jones right now. It's really hard not to trust Emmett Jones. Yeah, if, he's if been at the tremendous. end of it all, Bryant Wesco goes to TCU and Clemson, fine. But the only thing that's beaten Emmett Jones so far is the bag. When you think about Arizona State and Jordan Tyson, Emmett Jones has gotten everybody else that he's wanted in the five months that he's been on staff at Oklahoma. Strikeout for Jordy Ball. She with... came back from a three zero home. Mm-hmm. She to is get such that a bulldog. Out. She is. Uh, she. You can see. I just love the way she stalks around the circle. I mean, she's like, I'm coming after you. Nebraska's own. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so again, two outs. Sooners are one out away from taking this to extra innings. Tied up two apiece. 
Uh, Stanford with a runner at first with two outs in the bottom of the seventh inning over at Hall of Fame Stadium. There's a bunt right back to the mound. Jordy throws it to Sid Sanders, and we're going into extra innings in this game, tied at seven. All right, break time right here. We'll get some more of your texts in when we get back. Talk about the Sooners in the SEC when we return right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Ah, we going some Holy Diver. All right, how about that? Celebrating the uh, life of Ronnie James Dio. What did, like three weeks ago he passed away, didn't he, Ronnie James Dio? It was a lot longer than that. It's been a couple of years now, I think. It's been a while. Has it been that long? Why am I thinking? Maybe uh, I'm thinking of somebody else. Gordon Lightfoot, is that who you're uh, thinking probably, of? Yeah, big, there's a big difference there between Gordon Lightfoot and Ronnie James Dio. Has it been that longer? What is Oh, gosh, say? it's been... I was thinking it's been a few years. It's been over a decade, Steely. May 2010. Was it 2010? Was when he passed. Who am I thinking of? I, I So I kept Ronnie James Dio alive until like two weeks ago somehow? Wow. Dio, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. You had to have been thinking of Gordon Lightfoot, Maybe, right? I, like, I, but how could you can? Fuse Gordon Lightfoot, and I don't know what I was thinking. Who I don't knows? know, but it was because Gordon Lightfoot passed that you ended Maybe. up singing The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald That's exactly on these right. airwaves. The, um, <laughs> didn't he come to the uh, South Park Festival on the actual show? Please welcome Ronnie James Dio. And, and little Ronnie James Dio runs out there, of course. I think he may have done Holy Diver, as a matter of fact. I also remember one of the great moments in South Park was when uh, Mecca Streisand uh, attacked South Park and was finally defeated by the Cure's very own Robert Smith. I've never watched South Park, so I have no context for Are you familiar with the Cure, Goth Rock? Yes, I'm familiar with the Cure. You like obviously. the Cure? All right. You okay with the Cure? I mean, we play Friday, I'm in love going mm, into the first song. break every single Friday. I'll probably so. go to Lullaby, number one, but yeah, big Cure guy myself. Okay, uh, we are in the top of the eighth inning. Uh, Najee uh, Kennedy on the mound, the fantastic freshman for Stanford. One out in the uh, top of the eighth inning. We are knotted at two. The winner of this game, if it's Oklahoma, goes to the championship series on Wednesday. Best two out of three against the uh, winner of the other semifinal between Florida State and Tennessee. And uh, we just had uh, the Sooners – Second out. I didn't see how it happened, but I looked up, and it's all of a sudden there are two outs. So, anyway, two outs, top of the eighth inning, trying to uh, get a run across against Kennedy is not that easy. Sooners certainly had their chances in the previous and the uh, top of the seventh, but couldn't get the key hit to get it done. So, again, if Stanford wins this game, then Oklahoma and Stanford would play another game 30 minutes after the conclusion of this game. Ah, good be. old doubleheader. Yeah, those were the best days growing up. That's right, doubleheader days. Ernie Banks, let's play too, right? Dio died in two. Yeah, I'd, Ohio Sooner. I don't know what I was thinking. I have no idea. It's an old lapse. It's an old lapse. Okay, the guy that promised Air Jordans to Tyler and Parker of Sammy Brown doesn't sign with Clemson or Georgia. Says TCU is a small. TCU is small-time football in a dead conference would be a horrible decision. 
TCU is kind of getting on my nerves, to be honest with you. Why is that? I don't know. I don't have an issue with TCU. Um, the Hodge guy, I thought that was a dirty hit. Jamoy Hodge uh, yeah, well, yes. on Dylan Gabriel. I think they were trying to punk out quarterbacks. Look, and I know that one thing a defense wants to do is hit the quarterback hard. But I thought they were pretty dirty about it. And I don't know. Now, TCU's student section is the worst. I will say that. Really? I, worse I, than Tech? If you are purely confining the conversation to the student section, yes. Now, on a broader scale, Texas Tech's entire fan base is far more scummy than TCU's. Mm-hmm. TCU's, TCU's scumbag quota exists within the student section. Everyone else in and around the TCU program, I'm okay with. No beef there. I like TCU Stadium and campus a lot. Um, they're going toe-to-toe with Oklahoma for Bryant Wesco. Uh, and by the way, in reference to that text from the guy that promised Air Jordans to me and Tyler, if Sammy Brown doesn't sign with Clemson or Georgia, I don't think Sammy Brown will be uncommitted by this time tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Georgia? Clemson. Clemson. Just went on an official visit there over the weekend. Hmm. And sounds like he's about ready to shut this thing down. There you go. All right. Uh, pop up to right field off the bat of Kenzie Hansen, and the Sooners are done in their half of the uh, – the eighth inning, top of the eighth inning. We're in extra innings right here. 2-2, Oklahoma and Stanford. And again, um, candidate going for Stanford, the fabulous freshman, Jordy Ball, on, on the job for Oklahoma in the circle right now as we get ready to go into the bottom half of the eighth inning where Stanford could win it if they played a run here. So, there you go. All right, we got a break. Why don't we take an early break right here? You want to do that? 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It has been a uh, ADD broadcast today because we're trying to watch the Sooner softball game and keep you updated and try and give you as much football and sports news as we can. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. One last segment getting locked in here at the top of the hour at 2 o'clock. We are in the bottom of the eighth inning. Stanford got the first two runners on. Perfectly executed bunt by the second hitter in uh, this bottom of the eighth inning. The uh, next batter popped up a bunt attempt. Uh, Great pitch from Jordy Ball to uh, bring that about. And now we are looking at 2-2, bottom of the eighth inning, runner at first, runner at second for Stanford. One out. Jordy Ball on the mound for the Sooners. Sooners. And who would come to the plate for Stanford but the author of the two-run home run in the first inning, Kylie Chung. Yeah. Well, let's hope nobody Wang Chung's tonight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just saying. Sorry. I I know. I apologize. It's been a long, very attention dis- deficit disorder kind of show. Trying to do, you know, the show and watch this game. All right. Uh, by the way, what did you think of on three speculation? They tried to project again, and I think you guys probably talked about this a little bit on Friday, but uh, the Sooner schedule for the SEC, they are projecting that Oklahoma, obviously the uh, the eight game 
which would be one permanent opponent and then seven other opponents. Eight games we know is happening in 2024. We know that. Maybe a one-year deal, but they speculate that obviously OU and Texas would play at the Cotton Bowl. OU's road games would be at Arkansas, at Missouri, at LSU, and at A&M, and then home games against Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi State. Home games against Alabama and Tennessee would be a heck of a lot of fun. If we have to go to Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. I would rather self-induce a coma. Mm, yeah, I don't know, but it's going to be a whole different world. There is no doubt about it. So I don't know. I kind of get the feeling that they're going to go to nine eventually. I don't know how long it will take. Strike out for Jordy Ball right there. That's out number two. <laughs> she is such a fierce competitor. What a what a battle! I mean, we saw this battle, you know, between uh, Kennedy and Jordy Ball in the opening game of this Women's College World Series, and it was fantastic. But uh, Great pitch by Jordy Ball. Two outs. So the Sooners need one more out to get out of this inning. Um, Stanford does have a runner at first, runner at second. Two outs. Bottom of the eighth. If Stanford somehow sco- Stanford somehow scores here, they would force a second game between OU and Stanford. That would happen 30 minutes after the conclusion of this one. This is high drama right now, Parker Thub. High drama. Okay, uh, your general feeling, buddy of mine just wants to know, what is Parker's general feeling right now if uh, the Sooners are going to field another top five class this season? Would he say yes or no? Gut says no right now. I think there's a viable path, though, and it requires – Dominic McKinley's commitment. I think that is the guy that's going to elevate you into the top five. If you get him, great. You're probably staring down the barrel of a top five class. If not, it's going to be hard, especially with what Ohio State and Michigan are doing right now out of the Big Ten. Now, are you including David Stone and Dwaneri in there with McKinley or one of those two yes. guys? Yeah, no, I have Stone and right. Dwaneri ended up right. ended up in OU's class. So then you add McKinley to the mix. McKinley is the one I just have never bought the hype on. You were really sold on Wesco to OU, you know, a couple weeks ago. You've always said, well, you know, he's always been around campus too. And, you know, people are talking about why isn't he – and you've said that he's been on campus so much, you know, he will eventually – he kind of knows the place already. Yeah. And the ties and connections there. On the scale of 1 to 10 right now for Bryant Wesco, number one wide receiver, five-star kid, uh, number nine player in the country. How you feeling? Strikeout, Jordy Ball. There over. we go, Jordy Set Ball. Sit down. <laughs> She's just spectacular. Man, you're having you're to have her throw a lot of pitches, though. But you know what? She She's a warrior. So on Wesco, Steely, here's the thing. The confidence on OU's end has not wavered. Mm-hmm. OU still feels like Bryant Wesco ends up in the Crimson and Cream before long. Talking to... Michael Hawkins and Zion Kearney at Thursday's camp, they both maintain that Wesco's going to end up in their class. Now, am I individually as confident in Wesco as I wa- as I once was? No, just because I've talked to folks on the TCU end that have made it sound as though TCU has a better standing there than might otherwise be anticipated. And obviously there's a lot of Clemson buzz coming out of this weekend. I'm not biting on that just because 
from basically everybody that I've talked to that's plugged into the Bryant Wesco recruitment, the word is he wants to stay relatively close to home. And Clemson is many things. That is not one of them. So I'm of the opinion that this comes down to OU and TCU in the end. Would it completely blindside me if Bryant Wesco picked TCU? No. But I still believe at the end of the day it's going to be hard for him to pick TCU over Oklahoma, especially when, A, Emmett Jones is really good at his job, and B, he's got so many ties to OU as it is. Here's the deal. The reason why TCU has so much buzz and so much sway for Wesco is that well, there's, there's NIL to be had there. There's Malcolm Kelly, and Wesco's trainer, David Robinson, is very, very tight with Malcolm Kelly at TCU. But if I'm Emmett Jones, Steely, you know what I'm telling Bryant Wesco? Hey, Bryant, remind me where Malcolm Kelly and David Robinson both went to school. Yes. Would, would Malcolm Kelly, even though he did the uh, the rap video and everything, would he be considered a traitor if they signed Wesco? No, I don't think so. What? what? No. Why not? Uh, would there be sour grapes from some OU fans? I sure. want I mean, a trader list. And I would say, could we put him on a semi-trader list? Partial trader, a PT. Why? Why the Malcolm Kelly hate? Because if he signs Wesco, he's a partial trader. He should be directing him from TCU to Oklahoma. I mean, how many times has everybody retweeted the rap video? A bunch, right? So I'm saying partial trader. That's all I'm saying. The rap video is arguably the most famous piece of OU football subculture that's out there in the mainstream. No, I agree. I agree. All right, we're in the top of the ninth inning, by the way, now. Uh, our OU softball updates, of course, brought to you by Orthostat in Norman. Call them up. They'll do great work for you. 405-515-5575. Visit ouchorthostat.com. Grace Lyons leads off the top of the ninth inning with a double. She put a charge into that one, Steely. Yes. So the Sooners have Grace Lyons. It looks like. Are they going to pinch run here? Looks like they probably will. So, Grace Lyons, she's been through a few of these Women's College World Series, right? Yes. That one nearly got out off the wall. So, runner in scoring position for Oklahoma now. Nobody out. Top of the ninth inning. The Sooners again. If they score here, Stanford has another crack at it, of course, in the bottom half of the ninth inning. So, what's up with Muleshoe and his uh, recruit recruiting right now? Well, he got an offensive lineman yesterday and a defensive back today. Really? So. Good ones? I mean, they're all right. Yeah, gosh. What are the chances Muleshoe perishes in an earthquake and gets buried in the rubble? Well, that escalated quickly. I'm just saying, I'm tired of the man. I still... So, on, so we've on. gone from hoping he is non-mortally <laughs> speared by a sailfish to hoping he perishes in an earthquake and is buried amongst the rubble. I'm just saying, you know, not really. Still angry about it, though. 
Okay, uh, runner at second. We'll see if the Sooners can play to run here and take the lead and see if they can close it out in the bottom of the ninth inning. want to thank our friends at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Now let's just go with the sailfish. Just a flesh wound. want to thank the one and only Dr. Ballardo as well. And you guys, thank you for being patient today. There's a ground outs to first base. Sooners with great lines still at second. Everybody have a marvelous Monday.